The music of Johnny Hickman, The Great Decline. Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our October 13th, 2011 edition of the show. Before we get fully underway, I have a couple of quick reminders for you. First of all, opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at org. You can also catch me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash rglarson. All right, we're going to be talking today about something I've been wanting to talk about on the show for a little while now. Actually, we, we touched on it briefly last week and a little bit a couple weeks before that, but it's time that we fully uh, acknowledge this and uh, fleshed it out. And what I am, of course, talking about is the Occupy Wall Street movement, or sometimes referred to as the percenters. Uh, and unless you're just... Uh, totally numbed out as to be of no use to any movement. Uh, You've probably heard of it at least. And uh, so we're going to just really dig into this. And what I want to do, there's, there's, it's, it's getting some coverage in the mainstream media now and certainly on the uh, left media and a little bit on the right media as well and underground media and all that. But, um, it's uh we we got some punditry going on and that's great and we're going to get into a little bit more of that today and we also what I want to do is have some reports of people who are out there who've been involved with uh different groups in I do want to mention before we uh get to our our guests who are here today and that uh, that is a um an actual event here in town in Irvine so what, what's going on is it started with the Occupy Wall Street right there on Wall Street in New York, and now there are all of these solidarity groups, and we actually have one here in Irvine. And they're having a meeting, and that's uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. at the Irvine Civic Center, 1 Civic Center Plaza in Irvine. And uh, let's see, what else? Yeah, so that's Saturday, and that's uh, it's between uh, Von Karman and... Uh, uh, let me see. Between Man and Mac. Anyways, the, the address is uh, 1 Civic Center Plaza, Irvine, and that's 10 a.m. this Saturday. So go down there, find out what's going on, see how you can get involved. And okay, so I want to <clears throat> introduce our guest today. A couple of people who've been on the show a, a few times. Semi-regular guest, uh, Robert Sterling, who is a... Uh, who runs the website, The Conformist. That's conformist.com, conformist with a K. Lots of really interesting uh, parapolitical uh, conspiracy theory stuff and just plain uh, good old-fashioned humor, often uh, of a uh, <laughs> edgy <laughs> variety. So, we, And he's also blogging at uh, uh, robellini.blogspot.com. Also with us uh, from Austin, Texas, is Mac White, and Mac, again, has also been on the show a few times, and he is a co-host of a a radio show, PSYOP Radio, and he also is a um, 
illustrator, has uh, several books, graphic, novel, graphic novels, uh, comic books, however you want to call these, and those include The Bush Junta, uh, The Mutant Book of the Dead, Villa of the Mysteries, and uh, yeah, and Robert Sterling also, he, I didn't mention, he's calling out of Las Vegas, so we'll get there uh uh, respective perspectives. And first of all, uh, Robert Sterling, welcome to the show. Pleasure being here as always, sir. Yeah, always good to have you. Uh, Mac White, welcome. Hi there. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's great to have you. And uh, we're going to really mix things up today. And uh, Mac and Robert, you want to say hello to each other? Hello there, Robert. Yeah, actually, good to meet you finally well, over the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's an honor to actually uh, speak to you. I've, uh, I've been officially friends of yours through Facebook for a while, but it's nice to actually speak to a, a friend for once. Yes, it is. So, okay, yes. Um, let's uh, let's start off here. Um, just kind of get some initial perspectives. And uh, Robert, uh, you know, when the whole Occupy Wall Street movement came to your attention, you know, what kind of were your thoughts then, and how are you sort of feeling about it now? Uh, it's kind of wavered. Like, when I first heard about it, I thought, well, this is a good, nice uh, first step, and it's about time somebody did this. And then it lasted for, a, you know, the second week, and then I was kind of just wondering, uh, well, this is uh, a nice, but are they actually going to do anything? I mean, it, it, you could, could admire the perseverance, but it seemed to be like a kind of confused movement. Um, and now, uh, you know, whatever the confusion is, I, th I think just the fact that they're protesting and doing that first step, they're going to create a dialogue that could potentially become a real big and important social movement in uh, our society. Yeah, and uh, Mac, your your initial thoughts on it, sort of when you first heard about it and, and how you're feeling about it now? Well, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, great, uh, there's a good protest. Too bad the media isn't covering it. And, well... Uh, as soon as there was some uh, bad enough publicity uh, due to the uh, uh, police brutality, the, uh, for instance, the video of the four girls being uh, pinned in there in Wall Street and, and pepper sprayed for no good reason, uh, well, uh, I and so many other people began to post the video on uh, Facebook and what have you, and wow, suddenly the uh, mainstream media seemed to have had no choice but to pay attention to what was going on. But it's, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming, and it's been badly needed, some kind of, of, of movement. We have, uh, you know, just had to stand by for so long now while just one crime after another has been committed uh, by this, uh, well, I would call it a fascist government. And, uh, well... We've got a movement now, it looks like, uh, but where it's going, I don't know. But uh, here's hoping it's going someplace good. Yeah, and I, I think that this is part of the reason why I want to talk about it today and why you know, some other uh, good-hearted people, I think, as well. It's like, okay, we, we've got all this energy. This is, this is a great thing, and let's... Uh, how can we help to channel this in a, in a proper way? How can we let, let this not become just totally chaotic and not become co-opted and how do we let it not be 
too overly infiltrated uh, with uh, people who have nefarious motives. And, you know, we're already seeing that. So how do we, how do we be on guard against that? And how do we keep this simple, a simple uh, goal of, of what we want to do with this movement? We can do more things as we go along. But how do we, you know, create that one sort of simple goal that pretty much everybody can agree on? And that, that's kind of what I'm feeling about that. Is, uh, your uh, thoughts on that, Robert? Yeah, well, I feel kind of positive about that in this case because I think the most important thing is to figure out what you really want to do and what you really want to accomplish. Um, we were talking before the show about actually what happened in uh, D.C. at the Smithsonian, the Air and Space Museum, where there was the anti-war protest out front about how they were having a, um, I guess, some sort of display on the uh, on the history of modern uh, uh, drones, and there was a protest out there. And one of the people who was involved was actually an editor for uh, uh, the American Spectator, a very right-wing magazine. And he basically uh, rushed into uh, the, um, the Smithsonian, and uh, a few people did follow him, but then he tried to, he basically was trying to create a, a kind of, uh, some sort of, vandalism in there. That's my only conclusion, because he was trying to rush into the place, and fortunately, the people, even when they came in, I think the only ones who did were trying to unfurl some sort of banner there. So, you know, nothing really, uh, you know, uh, you could really criticize, and it shows you that these guys, at least in this one case, were uh, not being fooled by someone who was trying to provoke them into doing something you know, vandalizing a national museum, which would really do a black face to everything. And by the way, that was actually not even an Occupy Wall Street protest. That was an anti-war protest. But no doubt, and you know, the media really just doesn't differentiate the two, which is probably a good thing because I think people who are opposed to Wall Street are also uh, opposed to the wars. Well, one so, of my thoughts about that was that it, the... We have this, you know, big anti-war movement that sort of fizzled after W left office, but yep. you now we have this movement, and it's just like this sort of supersedes it because the problem with us going to war for uh, no real reason is, well, because the real reason is it's all about profit, and it's about uh, corporations and Wall Street. They make money off of this stuff. And so that's the bigger problem. If we solve this problem of corporations owning everything, including our government, we won't have this problem of going off to these uh, unnecessary wars. you agree with that, Mac? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, back in uh, 1968, uh, there was a valiant attempt to uh, exercise the Pentagon, <laughs> and I think that <laughs> wouldn't uh, be a bad idea now. But really, I think, uh, you know, they have identified uh, with this movement uh, the real target. We need an exorcism of the Wall Street. That's what we need. Um, but, yeah, I like uh, yes, that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, provocateurs are something to watch out for, uh, co-opting. COINTELPRO uh, did not stop with the 60s, and we can learn from history. This is something very important to educate people in this movement is, is, is the uh, degree to which the uh, establishment will go to uh, infiltrate groups, to set up phony groups, phony extreme radical groups and all sorts of things, and to stage false flag events to discredit the movement. 
these are serious things to uh, be aware of. But being aware of them, I think, uh, is uh, you know uh, goes a long way towards preventing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we definitely those of us who if aren't are not exactly veterans of the 60s, but have studied it, know, you know, this is what goes on. This is, uh, you mentioned COINTELPRO, you know, just some American intelligence establishment, I like to say, is like they they are defending the moneyed establishment, and it's, um, what we'll do whatever it takes, and we, if it means infiltrating and spying, and, I mean, hell, we know that these totally peaceful uh, anti-war groups in, uh, you know, from six, seven years ago were being spied upon and probably still are. And uh, so here, this is something that's like threatening to uh, take down Wall Street. I mean, not necessarily to destroy the whole system, but to make it be uh, an accountable player in our uh, our system here and to make it be like that where they don't own everything and that they're having to pay taxes like the rest of us. Uh, so it, you know, that that is a threat. So certainly there, I would think all of these dirty tricks will come into play. That's right. Um, and uh, simple co-opting. You know, um, uh, at the Occupy Austin uh, event uh, day one, I made a video, and I uh, interviewed different people, one of whom was my friend, radio host Jack Blood, uh, who pointed out in the interview that, uh, you know, he was among the founders of the original Tea Party, when it was really a populist uh, movement, when it was, you know, before it got co-opted by the likes of, you know, Sarah Palin and Carl Rove and what have you, and uh, was turned into this, uh, you know, mutant version of, 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 of what it originally was. And uh, he talked about how, you, you know, we have to watch out for this, uh, the, 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 uh, the media, the mainstream media, and other parties who will attempt to characterize uh, this movement here, the Occupy Wall Street, as a leftist movement, and try to pit that against the other movement that they co-opted, the Tea Party movement, as a, you know, right-wing movement, and, and to get us fighting against each other. That divide and conquer is another pitfall we really need to watch out for because we've got to look for that common ground, that common enemy. Yeah, right? It's not really about left versus right. It's not really about Republican versus Democrat, converse, you know, and, and so forth. It's about us versus them. There's right. so much common ground here. Right, and that's why I like the, the term the 99% movement because it's really all of us, all 99%, really just against the 1% who own almost everything and want to make it actually everything. Hey, guys, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go to a little musical break because we got, we're going to try to bring on our, uh, our friend from the uh, Riverside um, Occupation uh, Solidarity Movement. And so uh, <clears throat> just want to make sure we get that phone line all lined up properly. So just go to a little music here, and then we'll be right back with more discussion here of the Occupy Wall Street movement on Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. <laughs> All right, welcome back here on Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson. We're doing a uh, special 
Occupy Wall Street Solidarity Show today and have a couple of guests with me from Austin, Texas. We have uh, Mac White from Las Vegas, Nevada, Robert Sterling. We were trying to get our uh, representative from uh, Riverside, California here who's involved with the uh, Solidarity Group there and uh, I was uh, not able to get him uh, lined up. But we should have somebody else uh, calling in later in the show uh, from Cincinnati with the group there. So, uh, Robert and Mac, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, so uh, we, uh, yeah, sorry we couldn't get our friend from Riverside. So, and again, uh, Robert Sterling, uh, you can uh, check out his website. That's the uh, Conformist, uh, conformist.com, Conformist with a K. He's also blogging at robellini.blogspot.com. And uh, you have a book as well, Robert. Uh, What was that book again? It came out about, I don't know, six, seven years ago? Yeah, 50 Reasons Not to Vote for Bush, which... uh uh, fits right well with the Occupy on Wall Street because, you know, really, as I even mentioned in the book, that uh, Bush is just the front for the money and power, that everything that was wrong where our country was heading was kind of manifested in him. So, uh, uh, you know, he really, was really the scapegoat in the sense of it was and is uh, the money players, you know, in Wall Street who were the problem. And, uh, yeah, uh, Mac White, and you had your book, uh, The Bush Junta, which we talked about on the show, which was uh, really fascinating and got into uh, a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes activities with the intelligence community and the, the Bush family and all of their associates and their, their connections there. And, uh, yeah, so what, what is uh, you still uh, keeping up on all of that kind of stuff? Oh, still keeping up on it, uh, but uh, you mentioned the Bush Junta. Uh, well, what Robert just said is the same case with the Bush Junta that, you know, it's it's not really so much a partisan uh, book as it was to take an, an, an example. This specimen, George W. Bush, and to analyze the history, not only of the that particular man and his administration, but the family, the Bush crime family, as a template for understanding all of these ruling class type families, all of these gangsters and fascists and so forth, it's very important to understand uh, where the Bush family came from. It's very important to understand, well, first of all, the connection with uh, Hitler and the Third Reich through uh, George W.'s grandfather, Prescott Bush, who was Hitler's banker. And I'll tell you, that connection to fascism continues to this day. But it was never about just, well, you know, you, you, you've only got a choice of, of, of voting for Bush, and it, but everything will be okay if you vote for a Democrat. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. we understood. And putting that book together, that, 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 you know, this was an opportunity to educate people about how these power elites, these, these elite families, how they operate and where they're coming from. And they're not coming from a very nice place. The uh, connections to Nazism, are very, very deep, and they continue to the present day. Yeah, and uh, uh, Mac, your website, it's uh, is MacWhite.com? MacWhite.com, M-A-C-K-W-H-I-T-E.com. And you mentioned the radio show that I do with Smiles Lewis, PSYOP Radio. We have a website for that. That's P-S-I-O-P-R-A-D-I-O, PSYOP Radio, PSYOPradio.com. 
Yeah, and we did try to get Smiles Lewis on the show as well today, who's also been on a few times. And yeah, and he had a prior commitment, but we'll get him another time as well because he always uh, mixes it up and makes it quite interesting. Very articulate young fellow. <laughs> yes, he is. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's. Um, uh, we kind of gave our sort of feelings about what was going on here, and uh, Mac, you talked a little bit about uh, the the Austin group there. And Robert, uh, have you checked out anything with? The, is there a group happening there in Las Vegas? Or? Yeah, yeah. Although this being Las Vegas, it's certainly not on the level of uh, of uh, Austin or Riverside or uh, uh, anywhere in the. Los Angeles, because, uh, you know, people are too busy gambling and <laughs> getting drunk on free cr- comps here. But, uh, yeah, there's actually going to be a protest downtown uh, this weekend and everything, and, uh, you know, there is some sort of movement here. I mean, I-, I can tell you from talking to people and working with people, there is awareness, and among the uh, blue-collar people, there's a general support for what's going on uh, around the nation right now. Yeah, it, it's it's fascinating. I live uh, kind of in a uh, hmm, sort of smaller town for for Southern California called uh, Temecula, and it's in uh, you know some people even refer to it as uh, Southern California's Bible Belt. It's very very conservative and very supportive of uh, you know politicians like George W. Bush, and but um, they had a uh, Group, I just heard this secondhand. It was uh, on one of the major uh, street corners there. There uh, were, uh, I, I don't know, a handful maybe, I don't know, 50 people or something that were out on a corner there with signs in support of the Occupy Wall Street movement. So I was uh, rather uh, pleasantly surprised by that. And so this is spreading. And I mean, I don't know if either of you have any numbers on this, but it. Uh, it, uh, from what I can gather, it was uh, the first thing that happened was just right about a month ago in uh, Wall Street. It was about 200 people that first day, and now here we are about a month later, and we've got uh, it's at least in hundreds of cities this is going on now, and there are thousands of people at some of these events, and certainly hundreds. And uh, either of you have a sense on that, Mac? You have a sense on the on the numbers and how that's grown over the past month? Well, here in Austin, the numbers have fluctuated. Um, uh, on the first day, uh, there were, well, the local media was reporting about uh, 1,300. Uh, I was there. I would have put it possibly as high as 2,000. Uh, it fluctuates throughout the week. Um, you know, it, uh, but I'll tell you something here. Uh, since you asked me about Occupy Austin, we had four arrests here yesterday. Uh, this was because the uh, uh, police were sent in there to make sure that the place, that the park uh, by City Hall, where Occupy Austin is happening, that, uh, well, it could be cleaned. And, well, four persons refused to move, um, and they were arrested. And the others, you know, uh, went across the street and waited until it was cleaned, and then, well, they were able to go back in. Okay, uh, fine. But since you and I talked uh, earlier today, Robert, I found out that a, sim- a similar cleanup mood move is planned for Wall Street. Mayor Bloomberg has announced that, um, well, they need to go in there and clean the place after a few weeks. And um, he wants everyone to get out of the way. Only one problem. 
they're not going to be allowed to come back in with any kind of camping equipment, anything that will allow them to stay more than a, a night. This cleanup movement is an attempt to crush Operation uh, Occupation Wall Street. It's been denounced already uh, by Salman Rushdie as a uh, outrage against liberty and uh, so many others. And there are uh, 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 petitions uh, being circulated, and you can you know call the uh, New York office if you go to the Wall Street. Uh, the Occupy Wall Street Facebook page, they've got the numbers there. You can call the, the New York City uh, office there, and you can, uh, you know, that Mayor Bloomberg not shut this thing down because that's what it looks like. And uh, there's a plan uh, there in New York for tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when this cleanup operation is supposed to happen, they're going to form a human chain to prevent it happening. Uh, so a confrontation is looming there in New York. Uh, there have been similar uh, attempts to shut them down. Uh, there was a warning issued, I understand, to Occupy Trenton, Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, there was trouble in Boston uh, over a similar issue. Uh, so uh, that's what we're looking at here uh, is, is what's going to happen tomorrow on Wall Street. Yeah, I have heard about this, and it's it's weird. On the one hand, I'm like, whoa, that's that's nice. They want to clean the park and make it nice for <laughs> the demonstrators to come back. But as you're saying there, Mac, this could be a, a sort of pretext for let's just, if they can't stay overnight, some of them are going to leave. It's going to make it more difficult for them to, to stay long term. If they go home, they may not come back. And, uh, you know, so I don't, Robert, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, you know, in some ways, I think this is going to backfire because, uh, honestly, the last thing I think Bloomberg or anyone wants to do, and, and I, 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 it's almost like I'm giving them free advice here, but the worst thing they could do is to create martyrdom, to create sympathy for uh, protesters and, and, and turn them into, uh, you know, victims. And uh, that seems precisely what the, they're going to lead up because I imagine some people are going to refuse and then we're going to see police beat people and that's exactly not the the move they want to do if they really wanted to kill this movement they'd uh, you know to his credit Obama's doing the right thing in that sense is that he's saying yeah I agree with it and here's my lame mainstream uh, half-ass uh, reform thing on uh, on uh, you know, Wall Street finances, this is going to solve the issue, which really doesn't solve the issue, but it's more like uh, marginalizing it by making it into, uh, you know, all their demands into some half-assed Democratic Party uh, checklist. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, if Paradoxically, the best thing that you can uh, do for the people who are in this movement is beat them, because then people are, uh, will no longer, uh, you know, will have to have a lot more sympathy for them than they are right now. Well, yeah, that was, I think, you know, certainly the case with the civil rights movement when people uh, started seeing uh, these uh, demonstrators then being uh, sprayed with, what do you call them, water cannons and being beaten yeah. and all of that. 
people uh, all the way up to the uh, federal government and the White House d- determined that we have to make some changes here. I, th- I think we have our um, reporters calling in from the Cincinnati area, so let me see if I can get them on the board. Uh, hello, we got our reporters uh, from Cincinnati here. Yes, hello. Hello, yes. Uh, who is this? Hi, this is Sunny Bedlam calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, great. And, uh, well, and also we have a guest correspondent, Robert Barron, is here to report on the local occupied. Okay, so uh, Sonny Bedlam and Robert Barron from the uh, um, Occupy movement there in Cincinnati. We also have on the line Mac White here from Austin, Texas, and Robert Sterling from Las Vegas. So I'm glad to have all of you. And uh, uh, Sonny and Robert, we've been uh, discussing the movement and just kind of people's, uh, I guess, uh, thoughts on it and what's going on in their particular uh, locations. And uh, so, first of all, if I could uh, get from uh, you guys there in, in Cincinnati, just uh, if you could real briefly talk about your sort of initial feelings of, about the movement. Sure, I'd be happy to. And I think the way that, because we're, I'm on a cell phone, so I, I apologize. I don't want to put you on speaker, but I, I I would love to talk about the movement at large. And then um, if Robert Barron is going to share his observations and kind of updates on our local. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, we're, right? yeah, what, how did you feel about this when you first heard about it and, like, oh my God. now? Yeah. I, I felt like... Um, I wanted to pinch myself and make sure I wasn't dreaming. Yeah, that, that people were finally uh, uh, waking up themselves. People were coming out of right. their sleep. Right, and I really, um, it was very surreal for me um, to just, you know, after all of these years of pining for uh, some sort of, of awakening like this, um, really a sense of disbelief that it was actually starting to happen and um, and that I was part of it. It was really a beautiful, um, inspiring moment. And so then if you guys could go into maybe give us some uh, details about your observations there of what's actually happening in Cincinnati. Well, um, in Cincinnati it's been, I'll just, I'll, I'll tee this up then uh, for Cincinnati, and then I'll let Rubber Baron give you some of the details. Sure. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, uh, the occupation has been really centered around the issue of public space and um, and the role that that and um, the role that that occupying public space public space can play in mobilizing this effort locally. Um, it's been very interesting to watch the General Assemblies and to participate in a consensus-based process for really the first time you know, in my life and probably in, you know, in a lot of the 20-something experience who are, are here um, actually occupying. And um, it's it's been... You know, frustrating to a certain extent, which democracy is, and it's, it's also be of a a new feeling to 
understand democracy and what it is that we are fighting for, if you will, from the inside out. This is what democracy is really all about, and um, and it's really a totally new experience. Yeah, yeah, so, and so oh, I, I think you had expressed to me somewhat... Um, yesterday we were talking before the show about that it's you know there's the energy of all these young people and that's great and then there and there are people that have really good intentions but there are some people that just really are kind of confused or just interested in sort of chaos and are kind of real divisive and sort of seeing if you're not in their perspective you know their very strict uh definition of what the movement should be then you're part of the establishment and what mac was talking about earlier in the show the whole divide mm. and conquer so you you had some frustrations right. about that didn't you well i i will say that um i think that probably comes with the territory in the sense that and i'm comfortable with it now in the sense that when i when i think back to the first general assembly you know not only had has this slogan, we are the 99%, then I, I think brilliantly designed to uh, prevent any sort of division like that to, uh, taking any real root. But we also made some uh, decisions in the very first General Assembly that we were not, you know, that we were going to support the um, national movement, the Occupy Wall Street as statement and that we would not allow ourselves to be led astray, if you will, from the from the we are the ninety nine percent mentality, which is, you know, we understand divide and conquer is um, is an ancient tactic and that we are united under this umbrella, you know, whatever. Um, and and we're open to what, however that may take shape and it's not it's not superimposed from the top down so I think it is frustrating for that very reason because we've been conditioned to function in a society where things are structured for us right right and so in a way it's it's, um, it's frustrating but I, I think it's a welcome frustration it's a it's a powerful growing opportunity and I would love, actually, now, if it's okay, Robert, to put Robert Barron on the phone. Yes. So that he can tell you really some more of the interesting, gory details of how the occupation has unfolded here. Okay, great. Uh, yes, put him on, please. <laughs> okay, here it is. Uh, good evening. Robert Barron here. Oh, yeah, welcome to the show, and uh, we also have with us today Mac White and Robert Sterling, and uh, so you want to say hello to them as well? Hi, Matt. Hi, Robert. Hi there. Yeah, so if you could give us a little bit of uh, detail about uh, some of the things that are actually happening there in Cincinnati. We're trying to get a flavor of of different places around the country and how it's playing out, and maybe if you want to give us any details uh, of uh, events coming up or anything like that. Um, sure. Uh, well, the, uh, as Sonny alluded to earlier, one of the critical issues here is just the physical presence of, of 
uh, protesters 24 hours a day in any particular public space. In the, in the city of Cincinnati, the parks do not permit any public assembly between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. So it, it it's sharpened a legal question, um, which has to do, we think, with freedom of association, with with protected speech um, during those hours, and the the to date it has you know despite the ongoing conflict, despite the 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 underlying legal question, nobody's been arrested from from the beginning. Um, it, it was assumed that there would be arrests on the first night because the plan was to was to occupy a particular space, and the um, to, I, I would I, I should say. Um, that I've acted in a particular capacity as as a legal advisor to uh, to occupy Cincinnati, um, and so so that's some of what you're going to hear here is my particular take on it from from that angle. Um, so we we're we're actually setting it up. We've had over 200 people cited for this violation. What is the the citations each say? That they are uh, uh, alleges that they violated um, Park Board Rule 21, which which prohibits people from knowingly being in the park after the hours of 10 o'clock. Um, and so we are sharpening a, a First Amendment challenge on that basis, in that we we maintain that that is an unconstitutional restriction on speech and freedom of association, in that there is simply no place in this town where um, where where you can engage in protected political speech during those hours and um, under the law as as we take it to be we think this is a we think that Gar- Pyatt Park or Garfield Park as it's sometimes known in downtown Cincinnati is, is a traditional public forum it is a place which the the state has a do has um, where First Amendment rights are subject to or any government limitation on First Amendment rights are subject to the highest level of scrutiny, and so that's the that's one particular thing outside of the underlying social and economic issues, which which are the substance of this protest. You know, here that's a particular issue, and it's funny because the the the, the Occupy Cincinnati is, of course, networking closely with many of the regional uh, occupations and the national ones. And it's it, we find this issue is unique to Cincinnati in Louisville, for example, and in in uh, only recently in New York has it be, has it become an issue, as I'm sure you guys are all aware. Uh, and in, but in Chicago, uh, the, we're we're getting support from a lot of the regionals because um, it's recognized that 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 it's a particular problem here. So. Um, we actually expect an influx of visitors, uh, sympathizers, and in, in solidarity from uh, from Midwestern occupations in other cities tonight and over the over the coming days. For that reason, uh, let me ask you a question. I actually want to put this to to all uh, three of you. In the uh, there's been this criticism that there is no cohesive message and that it's re- very diffuse and you know what is this really all about and i i heard um it was uh mike malloy on on his radio show um i don't know about a week ago put it this way and i thought it was really good I, and what it was and i'm paraphrasing here was that uh what we want is that we, we want to end the corporate ownership of everything, including the government. And uh, I thought that was a good cohesive message and, a, and something that would be a good starting point. And, and uh, uh, Robert, Barron, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, in, in the first place, I mean, um, I, I find the, the cri- that criticism from, uh, you know, particularly from the, uh, from whether it be just mainstream media outlets or particularly those um, what I would consider to be conservative commentators, I, I find that criticism to be particularly lazy, especially since it's, there, there is plenty of, the, of formulations out there available from each of the regional occupations and from the, from the original Occupy Wall Street occupations of, the, of, the, of what is the developing agenda of the organization. You know, certainly there are highly specific policy proposals that have, that have been offered. I mean, there's an open source document out there that was posted by, by Occupy Wall Street more than two weeks ago. Um, so in the first place, I find it to be um, not valid, just on the merits. There are specific policy proposals that have been made, and the, and the, it's it's the nature of the organization that they are evolving. It's a very it's to to the extent you know who knows what what this this these groups will eventually become. But in the short term, there's been there is no shortage of uh, highly highly specific platform items. Um, but it, it, in in a more general sense, I think I'm inclined. To just say, um, you know, I would cut them a little bit of slack. These n- none of these organizations existed a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to expect them to have uh, to to have the, uh, a, a platform the way a democratic any of the uh, any of the mainstream parties would have right now at this point is simply unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. I I was just I don't th- I liked that one sentence that I heard because I thought it was at least it was a starting point of something that where we don't have to go into all these details. But this is the general thing that we want. And I don't know, uh, Robert Sterling. What what are your uh, thoughts on that? Well, I'll, I'll just give you my cliff notes because I know uh, I don't want to bogart the remaining time here. But uh, you know, we could talk about. Uh, what kind of message? And I would agree it's a little fuzzy. Of course, they're being two-faced, too, because I guarantee you if they did give a specific message, they would say it isn't uh, unifying, it's divisive, it doesn't represent everything. So, you know, either way you're going to get ripped. And if, if somebody's going to hate you no matter what you do, you might as well just give them a good reason for hating you is my feeling. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I would say this. Even if they don't have a good idea of what they're for, uh, they have a real good idea what they're against. And, you know, to paraphrase Marlon Brando and the Wild Ones, when they asked him, uh, when he's asked, what are you rebelling against? And he said, what do you got? <laughs> so we're already a step ahead of Marlon Brando in the 50s. So that's pretty good track record right there. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I'm a little cynical, as always, of how things will evolve, but... At the very least, these are the right first steps. And it's, if anything, my criticism, it's too little, too late. And, Mac, do you have anything uh, quickly to add to that? Well, corporate ownership of the uh, U.S. Uh, equals fascism. That's the very definition. You know, we just want fascism out of America. It's that simple. You know, the media, or, or certain elements in the media are trying to characterize this as something that, uh, you know, it's just a hippie thing. No. You know, small business owners, the middle class, you know, the elderly, the homeless, the disabled, our, our, our children's future, that's what's at stake here. And it's not just one issue, you know, when you, you know, 
when you lump everything under the you know one big banner of, of, of fascism in America, it's not just one issue. It's not just the trillion dollars of socialism uh, that for the rich, while you know we have to carry the the burden, you know, with the the, the cuts to social services and what have you. It's not just about student uh, loan debt or student loan slavery. It's about so many other things. It's, and it's not just about the Bank of America foreclosing on people who are paying their bills. It's not just about, you know, crony capitalism in general. It's not just about, you know, British Petroleum destroying the Gulf of Mexico and walking away scot-free. It's about everything that falls under that banner of, you know, fascism in America. It's about the phony uh, criminal war on drugs, the phony criminal war on terror. It's about torture, and it's about these expensive, morally reprehensible wars. But most of all, it's about stealing our children's future. You know, we were supposed to come into this world, you know, so that we would leave this world a better place for our children. Well, look around you. It's not going to be a better place the way things are going. Mm-hmm. And you can't sum that up in one demand. But if you're going to find, you know, one you know, thing to say it's we don't want fascism in America. That, thanks for that that statement, Mac. Uh, Robert Barron, we, we're just about out of time. If you could give us like a thirty second closing shot. Actually, let me give this to Sonny Bedlam for that one. Okay, hang on. You Thank got you. Seconds, closing shot. Robert, I just want to say that this is yet another example of how the pendulum swings and how we are not outside of the laws of physics. And, um, each action will inspire an equal and opposite reaction here. We've seen it globally over the course of time, and we're a part of something major. And um, I look forward to speaking with you all and working with you all and um, our brothers and sisters in solidarity all over the world. Thank you so much, Sonny Bedlam and Robert Barron, for uh, spending the time with us today and sharing your thoughts. Uh, Robert Sterling, you as well. Thank you so much. And Mac White as well. Uh, let's uh, keep this up. And all of you have a uh, wonderful evening and, and stay in touch, okay? Okay. You too. Thanks, Robert. Okay. Yeah. Everyone. That- So that wraps up Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. Once more, I'll remind you the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. You want to give me some feedback on the show, you can do that by emailing me at rglarson at KUCI.org. Org. Matt Kaplan will be coming up in just a bit here with Counterspin and Planetary Radio. You want to stick around for that. And uh, this is, as I said, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. Robert Larson here. I'll be talking to you next week. You're going to leave you with a little music from Tom Russell.